Bishusarava, Presidente, this week's Parsha, Parsha's bow. Uh, Rav Eli Melch Biederman brings down an interesting idea that the root of the word paro is orif, neck. Meaning to say, Paro, his whole goal wasn't that Am Yisrael shouldn't learn, shouldn't daven, shouldn't do mitzvahs or whatever. It was that it shouldn't penetrate into their being. It shouldn't affect them. It shouldn't be something they can apply into their daily lives. Because what does that have to do with neck? Because the neck connects the mind to the body. So whatever's coming in to the mind then enters the body through the neck. So Paro wanted to cut off the neck. He wanted to choke, choke the neck. We wanted to prevent any spirituality from entering Kal Yisrael in a meaningful way. There's a concept brought down by the Tiva Shalom about why the final Makkah is Makkos Bechoros before Am Yisrael was freed from Mitzrayim. Why is that the final one? And now we're able to be free. The Tiva Shalom explains that the Bechor inherits, the firstborn inherits all the assets of the, of the household. He gets the title to the house. He gets all these Gashmir things. He gets whatever money is in the bank from the deceased father or whatever the case may be. All these Gashmir things that the Bechor inherits. So the Tiva Shalom explains that there's this connection between the Bechor and Tanug. Pleasure and, or, or desire for pleasure. There's this inherent connection over there. So what's the Tiva Shalom explaining? It wasn't until Am Yisrael, or at least in, in Mitzrayim, this concept, this, this idea of Tanug was wiped out completely. This desiring of the physical had to be wiped out before Am Yisrael was now able to be freed. That was the final um, barrier to break. But interestingly, the Tevah Shalom explains at the end of the Parsha, we, we learn the mitzvah of Pidyon Aben, of being Makadesh to Bechor. So there's like this arc. First, you have to tzor meirah, says in the Tuva Shalom. First, you have to remove the desire. You have to remove the desire for pleasure. Simply for pleasure's sake. That's step number one. But there's a much higher level. Asay tov. To do good. To take the tanug, To take the taiva and flip it. And make it a strength. To use it for Kedusha, that's the final rung of the ladder. And when you do that, then your Zoha, what happened next? Of course, Am Yisrael went through many trials in the desert, but eventually they went on, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu brought down from Har Sinai the Torah. And we inherited what our inheritance was promised to be, the Torah. Really, inspiration takes work. It doesn't just come, if you're learning Torah praying in a minion every day, you're checking all the boxes. It doesn't necessarily translate to feeling inspired or, and, and to feeling like you're doing the right thing, you're on the right track. And a lot of people are sort of just waiting. It's funny, when it comes to like business or when it comes to like other, other things outside of Torah and spirituality, when it comes to, let's use business, everyone's doing their hishtadlis. Everyone's putting in all the sweat equity they need to. Everyone's schwitzing to try and make a dollar. Everyone's trying to, oh, go the extra mile. Don't just email the guy. Call him. Don't just call him. Go to his office. Just give him your card. Give him your resume. Give him your whatever. And that's great. You should do that. But we have to apply the same mentality to Yiddishkeit. It does, it's not just exclusive to business. If it's applicable to business, and how much more so to, to, uh, to the Rebbe Shalom.
You have to be engaged in what you're doing. It's not just about doing the task. You're just doing the task. The result's not going to be impressive in any way. And Rav Tzadok HaKon explains this concept via the Isarusa de la Sata. Isarusa de la Sata means awakening from, from below, awakening from, from here on earth. That there's an awakening of inspiration, of spirituality, of devekas to Hashem from efforts put here on earth. And, and Rav Tzadok HaKon, he quotes a Gemara and Chagiga. It talks about how Eliyahu Navi appeared to Rabbi Barshilo. Eliyahu Navi appeared to Rabbi Barshilo. And Rabbi Barshilo was like, wow, Eliyahu Navi, great to see you, great to talk to you. I have a question. What's Hashem up to right now? What's he doing? And Eliyahu Navi explained to him how up there in the celestial spheres, the Rabbana Shalom was learning Torah. And he was quoting from various Rabbanim, Gedolim of this world. And he said, the one Rebbe that the Rabbana Shalom doesn't quote from is Rebbe Meir. He's quoting from all the Gedolim except Rebbe Meir. And Rebbe Barshilo asked, why? Rebbe Meir is such a, he's such a tremendous Gadol. Explained Eliyahu Navi, because, I'll tell you why. Because Rebbe Meir was a Talmud of Acher. Rebbe Elisha ben Abuya, who was a Gadol who became a heretic. And he was active in trying to disprove the Torah and, was, and he became an apikores. How did he become this way? How did this great man become this way? He saw the pardes in Shemayim. We won't get into what all this stuff means because quite frankly, who knows? I don't know. And he misinterpreted what he saw up there. He went into the pardes in Shemayim. He went, went to this high place in Shemayim and he saw something and it made him an apikores completely. He's, he misinterpreted what he saw. He wasn't supposed to see what he saw or at least he just misinterpreted it. And um, Rabbi Shilo, Rabbi Barshilo hears this. Okay, fine. Rabbi Meir was a Talmud of Acher. He was a Talmud of this guy who, who uh, went off the derech, basically. But he says to Eliyahu Navi, Rabbi Meir took the pomegranate, ate the fruit, and threw away the peel. Okay, what does that mean exactly? Meaning to say, what's Rabbi Barshilo explaining? That Rabbi Meir was able to extract the fruit, to extract the Torah knowledge and, and the Kedusha and the holy words of Acher, which Acher had. And he didn't pay attention to the peel, to the heretical beliefs and the dealings with, uh, with Acher. Besides Rabbi Meir's real intention, hanging out with Acher, as Rabbi Barshila points out, was really to make him Choser Pechuva. He was being his Talmud, he was hanging around him, but really wanted to inspire him. Okay, so why wouldn't the Ebrister quote from him, asked Rabbi Barshilo. This makes no sense. So Eliyahu Navi pauses after he hears the argument of Rabbi Barshilo. And he turns to Rabbi Barshilo and he says, now that you've gone ahead and learned, learned merits from Rabbi Meir, now that you've found something positive in his actions that were previously considered to be negative, the Rabbanu Sha'alam has begun quoting the Torah of Rabbi Meir. What we say and what we do matters. Moshe Rabbeinu, he had to pray for hours before each plague ended. And it required work. For Brangen, for example, it's amazing. Last night was out of this world. Mendelssohn mentioned it was like being in Zion. 
Everyone was there just being present. Everyone who was there just, mom was just there, was inspired and transported. Didn't have to do any work. But that's just one night every two weeks. The rest of the time, it requires work. We have to take our step, we have to take a step forward. If we do that, we should have tremendous, tremendous inspiration and to be able to inspire everybody around us. Everybody should have an amazing Shabbos.